Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to the Rook Report podcast where we talk about all things Sunderland, or as I like to call it, the most depressing football club on the planet. I'm lost for words, really, as to what's going on at the moment. But anyway, I'm Johnny, your host for today on Roker Report. I am joined by the normal host of uh, Roker Report, Alex, but he's going to be on the other side of the desk today. Hello, Alex. I feel wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I've been usurped. I feel like that scene in The Lion King, and you've, you've, you've just like you've just like knocked my claws off the cliff, and I've fell into a horde of bison racing across the landscape Long below me the king <laughs> yeah that's what it feels like right now yeah. and uh, we're joined also by anthony gear yeah wait a second uh say, say something like oh i'm happy to be here yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes so yesterday the appointment of phil parkinson continues to prove to be a terrible decision by the club and we are now 11th in the table 11th in the third division of english football felt of a 1-0 defeat away at gillingham courtesy of a late connor ogilvy goal you should never allow a defender that much time on the ball by the way can i just say that like that was ridiculous in case you've been living under a rock keeping away from all sunderland related things well done, you. It's a wise decision. Congratulations. <laughs> um, that's the second time we've played Gillingham this season. Both times we've lost 1-0. Wonderful. Really, really wonderful. Third time, actually. We drew the initial FA Cup time. Oh, that as well. Oh, yeah. yes. Great. And we're we haven't conceded. Point being, we haven't beat Gillingham this season. <laughs> wonderful. But we're going to start right at the, uh, the start of the week. We're going to go through, through things chronologically. Charlie Methven is uh, leaving his, his role at Sunderland Football Club. He'll be stepping down next Thursday, as far as I'm aware. Still will hold a 6% stake in the club. He's the second board member to leave this season, along with Tony Davidson. Quansatori is back in the country now, so there is that, I guess. What that does, I don't know, but he's here. So, Charlie Methven, um, he said he was leaving for personal and political reasons, or political or business reasons even, because he, he works in a political environment. But do we believe what he's saying here? Well, no. No? Okay. <laughs> Case closed, next question. Uh, yeah, like... Maybe it is for personal reasons, but I'm sure there's probably more to it than just that, you know? The the web's been spun, hasn't it? It's, uh, yes. There's a lot of um, debauchery, yeah. I imagine. There's, the, there's, there's, there's more going on at the club than we all know about. Mm. It's quite, something that's so blatantly obvious now. Yes. And then someone sends us a picture of uh, some Sunderland footballers enjoying a McDonald's and a Starbucks, and people... Absolutely fuming about it, Alex. I, I would, I would like to get to that when we get to that, because in the interest, as Johnny says, of working chronologically, yes. if if you bombard me with too many infuriating <laughs> things at once, I am going to implode. 
So I suppose if to answer your original question, John, in a bit more detail, um, I think with Charlie Methvin, business reasons and political reasons, as you've said there, are never going to be mutually exclusive. Ooh. They are always going to be intertwined. But do I think that the recent events have sort of like, you know, reinforced his desire or his need to move away? I think absolutely. I think if there are family reasons behind him moving, I can understand that being the case. Now, I don't presume he's lying. I do, mm-hmm. I do think that there will be some truth in that. Yeah. But I do think that obviously the situation at the club and how things have sort of um, uh, fallen by the wayside on a PR front will have compounded the issue. I, I think there was definitely a, a case to be made there. Yeah, he's obviously one of those who we all know he's a good talker and he'll say stuff and will be like motivated behind what he says. And then when things don't go right, um, he goes, he does it all again. We fall into that trap again of mm-hmm. being like, oh, you know, he really has the club at heart and stuff. And then, then he comes out with stuff like calling the fans parasites and it's like, well, don't do yourself any favours, do you? I mean, if if we're to say this is the end of Methvin's tenure at Sunderland, and if I'm going to look back, um, I'm, I'm not going to take the view that everything he's done at the club is awful and, you know, good riddance, etc. I, I don't I don't personally think like that. Whether or not that puts me in, in the minority or majority is um, immaterial. I think when I look at Charlie Methvin and look at what he's done, I went to the talking at Townend, um, I think it was a month ago now, and a lot of the things that Charlie proposed, and there was substance behind them, he wasn't just talking, he was actually acting. He had, he has done a lot of things for the club that I think are with the club's best <coughs> intentions and are in the best intentions of any club in the position that we're in. I, that being said, there have been many things that he's said and that have been said on record, have been recorded, have been noted by other fans that are quite frankly just absolutely terrible things to to say to to, to fans of our demographic. Mm-hmm. You know, there have been many comments pertaining to the, the working class context of Sunderland, to the fans themselves and their negativity. And I think a, a lot of that was very insensitive. So I mm. think um, if a lot of fans are unhappy with him and those are the, their parting memories of him, then I, I don't begrudge them for that. I think some, sometimes you do, you make your bed and you lie in it. But if I'm looking at it objectively, I think while he's while things haven't gone swimmingly on the PR front, and I think it will end on a disappointing note, quite obviously, there's definitely being an, an attempt to take the club in the right direction. Ooh. But oh, yeah. but yeah. Uh, yeah. ultimately, ultimately, it, it hasn't all gone according to plan and too much has been said to overshadow the good things that have been done, I'm afraid. Yeah, I think, you know, he's ambitious and that's no problem having ambition. Good to want to have... It's good to be wanting to be part of a club which uh, has success. And unfortunately, after the playoff final, maybe he just... I don't know, it felt like he just lost interest because he didn't get what he hoped in the first season. I think maybe he's just out of his depth as well. And some of the comments he comes out with, it's like I say, you just don't say that to football fans. No, the um, <laughs> uh, the, 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 the PR, um, Stuart and Charlie on the PR front, both made blunders of very different types, but ultimately both were just very just sort of... In, I mean, obviously, with, with with hindsight, we can see that they were terrible. When when Stewart came onto Twitter and he was responding to fans who were having queries, he was arranging to pick up fans who, you know, buses had broke down on away days. We thought it was fantastic. We thought it was a revelation because we'd had, we'd had a, you know, like, uh, we'd had almost a decade of Ellis Short and his Stonewall, you know, of just like... Nothing. North, no, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I believe it was... Um, um, Martin last week said on the pod here that um, you know Short did two interviews in in a decade, which yeah. is you know which is nothing at all. You know Martin Bain was um, uh, infamously distant, apart from when he would flash his watch on the documentary. <laughs> but you know, like when when we first got Stuart on on the on on Twitter and on sort of like in the foreground of fan interaction, it, it was it was wonderful. But 
we soon realized i think i think very quickly that when you know like it, it became what was a very much a double-edged sword it, it, it was great when, when things were going well we could see Stuart right there he could he could dispel rumors like that he could he could answer fans questions immediately he could really show how engaged he was but then that that works both ways because obviously when things weren't going well and he would say quite reactive and and quite sort of like you know, negative things back to fans who were unfairly criticising him, of course. But mm-hmm. that being said, it's just not an image that a chairman of a club's definitely to promote. So, with the with with hindsight, we can see that it was probably best to not have him on Twitter at all, and, and to perhaps bridge the gap between fans and club in more professional and savvy ways. But again, you know, th- this is a learning point for us as much as it was for him. And but with with Charlie, like like we've already said, the issue is more so for him is that he would say things that were quite baffling at times, and yeah. we often thought, "Where on earth has that come from?" I, th- I thought you were on our side here, Charlie. You know, you can't refer to this being classic Mackham negativity or mm-hmm. saying that we're parasites because pubs have decided to stream games. I yeah. mean, obviously, it's not legal and it's not right, but oh yeah, classic it, Mackham negativity. Yeah, it's like, well, I mean, I think we're probably entitled to that negativity <laughs> over the years. We don't you think we've been through enough crap, like. Uh, you know, going through the championship season, the Premier League bat- relegation battles, I think we're entitled to a bit of negativity. Yeah, we 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 don't we don't need that. Bottom line, isn't it? And it's again, if if you were to re- look back through, like you know, like Charlie Methvin's greatest hits, as far as his like quotes <laughs> have gone, then it, it doesn't it doesn't make a very nice reading. A, a, a lot of them, you know, there, there are there are things that have been said about the club that. About about the fans of the club that you know are just are just downright offensive and and mm-hmm. and, are, and are completely untrue. But you know, I, again, he's he's gone now. So what, whatever happens now happens. So so Anthony, what? How would you sum up his uh, time at the club? <clears throat> uh, delightful. Um, no, we've uh, we've we've not had the best of times, have we? Regardless of whether it's uh, under Ellis or under Charlie and Stuart. But with, with uh, I think with uh, Charlie and uh, Stuart at the helm, we've had a, a significant turnaround in sort of fans interactivity as uh, Alex says we, I mean we, we went through a stage where the, the fans and the club were completely divided uh, like, like they are now I suppose but un, under Alice Short nobody nobody knew what was going on at the club he, he was mm-hmm. looking to sell and uh, he wasn't dishing out money at all to the club whereas under Charlie and Stuart everything's been a bit more translucent but he's, he has said, said a few ill-advised things which um, yes. which turns just <laughs> It just baffles baffles beyond belief. Seeing as he was the guy mm-hmm. brought in for the the PR guy, wasn't he? He was mm-hmm. the guy who was brought in to make the the PR side of the club yeah. look. Who, who ironically has been the one who said things that have been the, the dagger in the the um the brass's coffin, really, hasn't it? But yeah. It's quite funny when you look at it because it's almost ironic when you when you reflect because as you said there and what we had with Short and Bain and you know all of the all of the uh, all of the gang from back in the days you had. This like almost but at the end like a very like imperialist disconnected and you of like the men in the high castle yeah. and then like the the common folk who were hard done by by you know what felt like an oppressive rule and we went from that to almost having people who we were told were like amongst us but then over time they've almost like morphed the club back into the disconnect because they realise that there are loads of issues that come with being connected and yeah. I, and I feel like almost at times I've almost thought I don't know if Stuart and Charlie have the stomach to deal with the criticism that they're getting. It's almost like that. It's it's like Animal Farm, isn't it? You know, I don't know if we've read that, but a bit of a oh, left... the George Orwell thing. Sorry, I was thinking about the uh, other film. No, yeah, yeah. Jo- yeah, it's almost that, isn't <laughs> it? Yeah, it's like you know, like we 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 drive out, we drive out Mr. Jones, we drive out Ellis Short and Martin Bain, you know, pitchforks in hand, 
the animals reclaim the lands, Stewie and Charlie come in. But then over time, obviously, when they realise there are issues, it morphs back into what we had before, which I, I think really is where we're at now. We know Stuart's nowhere to be seen or heard from. Charlie's gone. It's it's. I'm, I'm sad. I'm sorry to say it's morphing back into a disconnect, and, mm-hmm. yeah. and and that's we wouldn't really have seen this coming. I don't think they would have, but ultimately, I I would have to point the finger at their naivety. I'm afraid. Yeah, or maybe I'm not afraid. I don't know. I would probably. I mean, I'd, I'd just say it, it states that the club's in a crisis. That he's walked out. Uh, that, that that's it. Him done. He knows there's something else mm-hmm. that is quite significantly going to hit the fan. Um, and he wants away beforehand. I, 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 that's just pure speculation and conjecture. But um, I just, I, it just mm. terrifies me that some blo- that this bloke who was completely, he completely sold the fans when he came here. He says, "This is the we we want to make this club great again." Went old Donald Trump, didn't he? <laughs> He's, he? He decided he wanted to make everything great again, bring the fans back into the club. And all of a sudden, when things go wrong, he walks out, keeps his stake mind, but uh, walks. Yeah, out. which is I still don't understand that. But yeah. okay. Yeah, um, and, it's, and you know, best of luck to Charlie. Um, he has provided some good times for the club, uh, as I say, maybe a bit out of his depth. Um, yeah, the sort of the southern uh, personality uh, doesn't really fit with some of the northern football fans and the northern culture, and uh, you know that's why some of the stuff he said didn't take that maybe in a way that he would have hoped. But anyway, off he goes. But um, yeah, off you go, Charlie. I'll see you whenever, I All guess, right. if you might come back again or something. Yeah, thanks for the time, Charlie. Thank uh, you very much. Thank you for the days. Uh, unfortunately, uh, it's time to talk about the misery of Sunderland versus so Thank you very much for listening to the Roper Report podcast. We, are thoroughly in- <laughs> we thoroughly appreciate your patronage once again. <laughs> uh, we could just end it right here and just avoid Gillingham. But um, yeah, this isn't going to be particularly positive. So if you don't like negative uh, complaining and stuff like that, well, mm-hmm. then you can tune out now. But um, let's do the three-word reviews. Uh, we have 298 replies <laughs> to this. I'm not going to read all nearly 300 of them. Most of them uh, suggest they want Phil Parkinson out. That's m- the majority of them. But some of these other ones are quite interesting. Michael Dunn says, disillusioned with football. Neil Graney says, any probationary period. Bilbo Ballbaggins says best ever references, and I love that uh, Twitter handle. Uh, Graham Field needs to protest. Mark Carrick says Parkinson out now. Neil Philip Thornton says hello, League Two. Okay. Oh, um, let's hope not. Uh, Adam Guest, underlying performance data. Kai, Kay Yeneth, championship season vibes. I definitely agree with that one. Um, and also... Uh, I think from Anthony, we had the one about uh, he's got to go, is what what you said. And uh, I've got to say, agree with that one um, as well. So, yeah. If I make three really sad noises, can we count that as a three-word review as well? Mm. Yes. This is Alex's three-word review. I'm I'm not going to. (laughs) Oh, I've built it all up there. Yeah, well, I was was speaking hypothetically. I'm not really going to do that. Okay. Maybe maybe I will at some point, and I just won't tell you I'm going to do it. I want to know your thoughts on the lineup, lads. We know we had this, uh, you know, John McLaughlin goal. Okay, so that's not really anything weird. But then he has five at the back: McLaughlin, Willis, Ozturk, Flanagan, De Buck, Ledbetter, Dobson, O'Nine, Mark McNulty, and uh, Will Brick. Uh, what a uh, you know what a wonderful lineup that is. Anyway, five at the back. So please tell me. How did you react when you saw this team sheet? Well, I have to disagree with you, Johnny. I didn't see five at the back. I saw about seven at the back. When I read that team <laughs> well, sheet. yeah, I guess so. That was the most negative team, the most dire negative team I've 
ever seen any Sunderland team set up with. We have seen some terrible, some infamously bad lineups over the years. We had the weakened team against Hull. We've had various others, <laughs> but this takes the cake. What an absolutely abysmal side that is. I knew when I saw that team that Parkinson was setting up for a draw, a bloody draw away at Gillingham. We are a team that at the start of the season were touted for a potential 100-point season. And I, I, I know that Methven backtracked on that comment at the talk in the town end. However, the fact of the matter is it was said on air for all to hear. Where have how far have we come since then? How far down have we slipped? How much has our ambition disintegrated? Well, if you just look at the opposition, like last year we played Gillingham twice, scored eight goals against them. Yeah, we absolutely I mean I mean, I'm not gonna pretend that Gillingham were a particularly good side last season and they're not a particularly good side now. Probably, a, I think they're probably better off last year. They're a very pedestrian League One team though, and they have been for a mm. while, and that's no disrespect to them, that's just where they've been statistically. But we look at our team here, and I mean for God's sake, like uh, that lineup. How many defenders do you need to play? How many, how many good players? Well, I say good. How many potentially creative players do you need on the bench? You can only bring three on. Yeah. You know what? Why are they all sat on the bench? Why? Why are you setting up like that? Why are we now back to five at the back? We, we knew from the start of the season that that doesn't work with the players we've got. We saw Ross try that. Yeah. It didn't work. He, tr- he had all pre-season and he had the first three games of the season to try it and try and embed it and it was an absolute disaster. The players had no idea what they were doing. If they didn't know then, why would they know now when we've got a new manager trying it again for the first time with even more players who don't seem to get it? What on earth was the idea? A loss was inevitable. And that's the first time I've said that while being in League One. And it's an absolute damning indictment of just how far we've fallen. You look at this team and you think, right, we are not setting up. There is no creativity in that team. The only semblance of attacking capacity is from Luke O'Neill, who, you know, is not your most offensively oriented player in our system. You've got McNulty, who's, who, one, doesn't really seem in shape and two is injury prone. And Greg, who can't hit a barn door. Mm-hmm. So what, you know, you can put another bloke up front next to Greg, you're still lumping long balls to him with no creativity. There's still yes. no one to work the ball through the middle and try and open a team up. I haven't said that. Um, we did have a goal disallowed. Charlie White uh, did nail a ball in from a Will Grigg uh, assist. Yes, believe it or not, Will Grigg did contribute in a positive manner to an extent to this Sunderland team. Uh, it, obviously, we didn't get the goal and it would have papered over the cracks, as they say, mm-hmm. um, from uh, if we did get the 1-1 draw. The dis... The, the frustrating thing here is we uh, have uh, Ross Gregory on uh, the post-match comments, head of football at GPI Media. Mm. Uh, we just had to see that set play through, and if we got a point, we'd have taken that all day. Pathetic. Utterly pathetic comment. I'm sorry, Parkinson, but that is an absolutely spineless, soulless comment to make. We... I don't I don't care if you were brought in because you were the cheapest option. I do not care about any of that. Ultimately, you are here at a club that is aiming to get out of this division. I mean, yes, blah, 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 we're a League One club, okay, we can happy clap all day on that one, say, you know, we need to just accept where we are. But ultimately, no, okay, we are a League One club, but we are aiming to be a club getting out of League One as soon as possible. Taking we'll carry, so, on, carry on the way we are, we will yeah. be out of League One into League Two. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I mean, it's, I mean, you know... You, we thought gone were the days of relegation battles. No, they're still happening. No, yeah, because we, we, we can't, we, you know, that that's eight losses from 12, it's utterly pathetic. Still a thousand to one, we'll bet yeah. 365 to get relegated if you fancy it. <laughs> oh, hey, it's not hey, a terrible I mean, shout. Makes some maximum coin off it. Well, that would also mean that you'd want us to get relegated, and that's not what we want. So um, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Yeah, but I mean, taking it all day, 
Taking it all day. This Take is the point all day at Gillingham. Wonderful. Oh, a point against Gillingham. That's great, that, lads. A, a point against Gillingham. You know what? There's no other way to say it. Just just a point against Gillingham. Are you having a laugh? A point against Gillingham. So, Anthony, you what would was take your all reaction day? to the uh, team sheet anyway? Didn't ask uh, yeah, uh, no, um, my, my reaction was just pretty much exactly the same as Alex's. Looking at it going, there was eight defenders in that team. Eight, eight, yeah. eight players who will just sit back and hope for the ball. So you, you look at the team and he, and he set up for a draw, isn't he? I mean, there's, there is no doubt about that. And the, the comments mm. afterwards have stated that he is definitely set up for that draw. Um, what can you say about that? I mean, the, the, the team the team itself are fully capable of getting the result against Gillingham. It's the managerial... Uh, ineptitude of uh, Mr. Parkinson who seems oh. to just have everybody sat behind the ball all game and it's the fact that Thanks I mean that, every yeah. every time I seen uh, every time I saw Will Grigg get the ball it was in his own off he was sat mm-hmm. like and he, he wasn't he wasn't getting on mm-hmm. the the 40 yard long balls mm-hmm. he wasn't getting on the end of anything yeah. and just we're all we're all sitting there going why why is this happening what is going on mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, like going back to my three-word review, he's got to go. He has to go. Yeah. There is no, there, there is no defending anything. The, the way this club is being run right now by that manager, there is no defending it. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely not. And yeah, I mean, I'm not normally someone who wants a manager out this. Oh, me either. I'm not a knee-jerk yeah, reactor yeah. either. I, w- I would I've... love, you know, to, I always say, give him a transfer window, give him time to put his own team together. Mm-hmm. But but we said this, just, Johnny. Last we we said this on sorry. We said, yeah, we, said, right. we said this on the last pod though. It was um, uh, I, I believe it was Chris Chris Weatherspoon who said it, and 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 the the point stands. But you have to justify getting to January like you yeah. can't just say to a manager oh but he needs January because like we said then if you're saying he needs to get there before we can really judge him you're consigning the first two yeah, months yeah. of his tenure to work to a, to a, a predetermined failure and and we that, could be in big trouble by the time January comes around say, yeah. a long time we like, are already a light year away <clears> from promotion yes yeah, like I say normally I wouldn't be someone who wants manager out after such a short time but this guy like who's going to want to sign for us really mm-hmm. <laughs> at this stage mm-hmm. considering where we're going to be and um I mean, the Parkinson obviously is to blame, but the players as well, down tools. And it's a disgrace that fo- professional footballers get paid to play football and they don't try. And it just feels like they're all it, almost protesting the fact Jack Ross was sacked. Well, they look that way. Yeah. You look at some of them, I forget what game. I think it was It was not this game, but the game before against Burton. I think Lynch loses the ball and they run through and, and, he, and he, like, he puts his arms down and he just yeah. starts like walking. And I think, I mean, and I know that's only one sort of specific example. It could look a bit like a straw man sort of argument there, but mm-hmm. little things like that are very telling of of where the the integrity is and where the morale is at the club. And I think it is sorely depleted right now. Yeah. And how, how do you how do you talk somebody into joining the club right now? So mm-hmm. so you've got these you've got January coming. Mm-hmm. Hey, if you join us, right, we can get draws against the likes of Rochdale. But then you've got things. Heck yeah, you, we can take draws all day against Gillingham. The whole club's disjointed from top to bottom. I mean, we've got we've got chairman walking out. That's the finishing. I mean, yes. uh, we've mm-hmm. got people who are supposedly taking over the club who don't mm-hmm. take over the club and give us a loan instead. We or we have the company loan of the owner of the club, like not even a loan to the club. It's a loan to the, it? yeah, it's yeah, a loan to, to Stuart, isn't it? Basically, yes. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, so I mean. Uh, it's just it's we're in the oddest situation where if if we go to say for example we go to Marcus Madison at Peterborough who's in a better position than us right now mm-hmm. um, and we go to him look Marcus come here join your boyhood club 
Uh, no, you are. Right. Thanks. I'm quite happy where I am. Yeah, or or I'll mm-hmm. probably join a championship club. I'm quite um, happy at a, at, a, at a relatively successful club in this division rather than one that's in perpetual crisis. Yeah, and I'm in a position where Wickham Wanderers is um, a good team against Sunderland and you have a chance of beating us quite easily. That's so bad, man. Like, oh, it's devastating. You know, someone like at the top of the table, you look at someone like Ipswich. I mean, fair enough, you're expecting there. But Wickham Wanderers, you know, they're on a really good run. And when we play them, mm-hmm. they will be favourites to win. But you know why they're that's, on a good run? Because the because they just run properly they've got a good they've got You're a big fan of his man their manager aren't you i i am but yeah, it, yeah. It, but like it isn't it it's isn't hair, ains, isn't it, it, it isn't ains with he's got quite nice hair yeah, i'm not gonna lie hair, I mean, yeah. again again that that's entirely ad hominem but you, you you look at you look at the way that clubs like that are, are, are run and it's just from top to bottom there is just this like sheer cohesion across everything yeah. like mm-hmm. I everyone's mean, in it together yeah like I, yeah. I i strongly believe that if we would if we did hypothetically punch poach ains with from them instead of getting parkinson they would have got somebody else in they would have still done so they still would have been like a, a relatively successful club, you know, that would have at least been like modestly, modestly all right for, yeah. you know, I mean, obviously Wick and Wanderers, that's not a club of a, of a particularly big stature. They would admit that as much as, as much as I'm saying it now, but the way the run is just excellent. They've got a real, they've got an identity that's consistent across the entire club. Mm-hmm. Whereas we, as Anne said there, are disjointed from top to bottom. As you see, you've got a chairman walking out, you know, there's big questions over the recruitment. No one quite knows how that's going. The players seem to have down tools, uh, the, the the manager's gone from this like forward runs forward passes approach to suddenly let's play seven men behind the ball and take a draw Gillingham no mm-hmm. one knows what the other person's doing like there is no like communication between anyone nobody looks like they have a scooby what the next person's doing well for me I don't think it really matters who the manager is because Tony Corton is still the uh, head of recruitment yeah. and it's proven to be not working. So if Kevin Phillips came along, he still has to go through the same uh, recruitment process and then it'll make him look bad. Mm-hmm. And um, it's so that's the problem. So long as we still have the same recruitment, it's not going to get any better. And Phil Parkinson, as much as we'd want him out, they're not going to sack him. Like They're not going to sack him unless he chooses to leave. They're not going to fire him. So no. we're I'm- stuck in this position. I think I said it before um, as well, and, and, I, and I said it, and when I said it at the time, it sounded like quite a crude comment, but like, I suppose mercifully for me, it does stand, but when Parkinson, Parkinson for me felt like appointing Chris Coleman, who appointed someone who seems to be a reputable, a reputable personality, but is ultimately a perpetual loser, is someone who is, who is known, who is, who is in recent times known a lot of failure and probably dines out on a few sort of like shards of success. Coleman took Wales to the, you know, he, he took them very far into the Euros. But prior to that, he, he was known for failing at various different football league clubs. Parkinson equally, okay, M- Methven banded the line that yeah, but he, he got Colchester promoted and kept them in the in the where was it in League One in the Championship? He kept them somewhere. <laughs> yeah, he got them up in the Championship and then yeah. Geraint Williams. Took yeah, them over exactly. Them. But then again, but then but then, and then that that's ridiculous as well. Saying yeah, but he got them there and kept them there. Well, no, Charlie, he got them up, but then he got sacked. Yeah. So he didn't. Yeah. He didn't. He didn't. Like I mean. I'm I'm not saying that it's a bad thing that he got a team promoted from League One because that is our, our our objective. But don't lie about his achievements, because yes. or, or at least or, or don't get well, your maybe, facts wrong. I was going to say I'd be probably probably not lying about these achievements. You probably just didn't know. Okay, but that's equally as terrible. Mm-hmm. You know, wh- no, wh- whether you're lying or you don't, because what you're saying is you're either prepared to lie to the fans about who you're appointing, or you don't know enough about the bloke you've just appointed to be the manager. Both of those are quite worrying. But anyway, he's gone now. Let's focus on Parkinson. Parkinson failed at Bolton. Okay, yeah, he, he did. Right, Bolton were a failing club, but he had only known loss after loss, week in, week out. He had known constant, unrelenting failure. Mm-hmm. And then we've just taken a bloke on who's had yep. loss after loss, who's used to losing. 
And it's not a coincidence that uh, we, uh, Stuart Donald leaves Twitter and then he brings in Phil Parkinson. He knew exactly what was going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he knew oh, exactly the, the backlash he was going to get from that. And so that's why he done it, uh, leaving the social media realm. And it's, you know, started off as not too bad. You know, that 5 0 win against Tranmere. I thought, okay, maybe something is in this. And then we beat Southend Burley, who were an absolutely dreadful team. Mm-hmm. We just beat them by one goal, which that's not really. Uh, anything to get excited over. I know it's a win, but still dreadful. And um, yeah, just losing every week to teams like Shrewsbury, teams like Gillingham, uh, teams like Burton, who have become a bogey team for Sunderland, by the way. Seem to have, we've never beat them since the Sorry, first two 0 win. When did when did we all? You know, there's been like a point I've noticed in the past, like fortnight, right? Where we everyone, not you, but like everyone, started saying Shrewsbury. Have we yeah, always done that? It's, it's definitely Shrewsbury. I, I've always said Shrewsbury, like Tinning of the Shrew, you know. Yes. But like, for some reason, like yeah. recently, like I've just noticed this. Like it's, Again, it's not. It's just everyone I've noticed. Yeah, I've, I've, so I've, uh, all the everyone's starting to say Shrewsbury loads, yeah. and I, I don't get it. So, even, anyway. even people from Shrewsbury will tell you it's Shrewsbury. Take that word for it. I've always, I think, I've just always listened to Soccer Saturday, and that's yeah, how they say it. Yeah. So I'm just like Shrewsbury. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, it's it's not really a deal breaker for me. But <laughs> yeah, like I just see the steam coming out of your ears. I'm fuming about it. F e w m i n g. Fuming. Fuming. Okay. We all are anyway, aren't we? Yes, and um, so this is a, a, diff, a daft question, but I've got to try and find some positivity. Anything from that game that you saw? Uh, from the team in any shape or form that was like, okay, that was not too bad. That was something that we could maybe build on. Is well, there anything? White came back from his injury, didn't he? That's, yes. Uh, that's a start. What, Wyke's capable of, of um, uh, <laughs> Wyke's anatomy is capable of repairing itself like another yeah. uh, every other human's body. There we go. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's, that's a positive. Oh, Wyke did yeah. have a shot from uh, outside the box, which just missed. I remember that as well. That's oh, nice. yeah. yeah um, we should have scored about 60 minutes in once. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We actually had a few chances that Gillingham, of course, had one shot on target, I believe, and that was the one they scored. <laughs> Um, well, but, that, but that's that's deceptive because they had about 30 shots and all of them were off target yes mm-hmm. and uh, let's go back to the goal though um, and I'm sorry we have to um, the goal as I say it, gets, it falls to the defender he's given a lot of time on the ball to turn and like a centre back was, was he centre back he's a right back I think he was but he's he finished back in a, yeah. but he managed to finish like a, a centre forward should like Will Grigg should be finishing and um, yeah how do you let someone with that much time on the ball it's just not right especially at this level well i think what it shows is that what you love what you'll find with the average league one defense which i'm afraid we do have is that there's always the like margin for error maybe like once per game you, ex- you i i often expect league one teams to drop the ball at least once like that so you have to compensate for that by you know having some like attacking threat and intent but when you're playing for a draw and when as mr parkinson says you would take that all day then you incur a consequence like that because we don't create because we're putting seven uncreative players in both defence and midfield. You've got 0-9 there and you've got Greg and McNulty who, you know, for various reasons, aren't good strikers at the moment. Mm-hmm. So when when you have a team that has never... like I, I looked at that team and I thought, that team looks like it couldn't score in about... A, that team looks like if it could play for a decade consistently, it wouldn't score because it just looked like there was no goals in it at all. Mm-hmm. So naturally, um, you can imagine my sheer surprise when um, you know we do concede because we, like I say, we, we had one moment of um, complacency, but then because we couldn't capitalise, you know, we lost. And I know there's the argument to be made that maybe maybe that goal shouldn't have been disallowed, but you, you know we can't just blame uh, we can't just blame the officials for absolutely everything. I know that the crap, but we can't blame them all the time. We have to mm-hmm. make our own look at some yeah. point. Yeah. O- other teams in this league, like. 
You know, you've got Rotherham who went and go went and like hide South End seven one. You look at teams who can just score for fun when the because the 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 well drilled and they're just the organised mm-hmm. and the positive, and we're just not. And again, we can't just point the finger at the officials because it makes us look weak. There are other teams in this league that suffer from bad officials, but like I said, they make their own luck and they win games regardless because they know that they need to have enough in them, enough character, enough skill, enough ability. The ability's there in our team, but the character's not because we're just. Mm-hmm. I think we all. Fans included, fans included, we all just want to point the finger at the officials. Again, we, we can't blame the officials. Uh, we can't bemoan officials' decisions when um, we're going for a draw against Gillingham. So, mm. It's yes. just like, uh, I mean, we should have easily be putting three or four past the side like Gillingham. Of course. Yeah. What, like last season, you mean? <clears throat> yeah, like last season. So then, that, as I say, that's an indicator of how backwards we've gone. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, people would... You would hope that they're bringing this manager in the hope that, okay, so um, we obviously believe he is more capable than Jack Ross of getting us promoted. And uh, so you'd hope that that would mean better results, but we haven't. We've gone backwards. And uh, so we're not going up this season, I'm sorry to say. And to be honest, it's probably not going to be very long till we mathematically can't get to the playoffs. So that's great. And that's why things need to change. But as I say, we need to change in the recruitment side of things as well as the manager, but um, until, as I say, until the recruitment changes, we're going to yeah. still struggle. Uh, Got a is... nice fun stat for you here, Johnny. Sorry, um, uh, if yeah, you yeah. were to look at the um, uh, the form guide over the last six matches, which I believe coincides with um, uh, Parkinson's tenure, we, w- we would be, if the season started with Parkinson, based on how he's been playing, would be 16th right now. Only 16th would be lower than that. <laughs> we, we, would be, we would be two points off the relegations. Or... Okay, right. Yeah, that's about accurate. Well, that's depressing. Yeah, anyway. that, that, yeah. Ruin relegation form, lads. Yeah, That's absolutely. Where it is. In League One. I'm, I'm, but the thing is, though, like eight, eight losses from 12 is relegation form. Yeah. There's no two ways about that. Yeah. That, that, that. How is, have we been beat eight times in 12? What's going on? That is bloody terrifying. Like, By the way, I'm happy I'm horrendous. happy to own when I'm wrong. I when I saw Parkinson come in, I thought, oh, I think we might do okay. I agree. Um, <laughs> I so, but I'll own up to it. Um, I was wrong. Clearly, all the people who doubted him, um, you are the, you are right. Uh, you were yeah. yeah, correct. Congratulations on being correct and correct on someone being crap. Um, <laughs> well done. Um, the, yeah, you have too much of an idealist to assume that things could actually become better. At and at this point. stage, why yeah. would Kevin Phillips even want to come here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> why would yeah. he want to? I mean, what, what, I, I know he, he loves Sunderland, it? but yeah, but what would he gain? Because as you say, there he's going to have he's going to have a, a, a failing recruitment team to obviously supply him with the players he needs or or allegedly needs. He's taken the club at its by far its worst point in history. The fans are already disconnected. The players' morale must be absolutely depleted. Mm-hmm. You know, why, uh, all why, you why would fans, you want to? All you Sunderland fans who travelled out in Gillingham deserve knighthoods. Every single one of you. Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, how on earth you guys... I mean, you still manage to consistently get to every single game despite what we're going through is very commendable. And um, I'm, I'm glad that we have supporters like yourselves there. But um, honestly, <laughs> I'm, I'm, the need, something needs to be done. And nobody, the people won't protest like in the terms of boycotting games. There'll be a small handful. Okay, we've got a small handful, but the boycotting games, it, it doesn't happen. Some football fans just don't boycott games, which I think needs to happen, but... It won't. <laughs> I mean, it, it's a testament to the brilliant support, I think. But... Yeah. If you just look at it, um, we're going to look at some of the uh, questions here from fans. Um, we have one from 1973, Macam. Um, look at all the Everton social media and see how uh, Ferguson has lit up all the Evertonians with passion and desire to win, and they did. 
bring back Kevin Phillips ASAP and stop the run. We've been papering over the cracks last season and are in free fall. It's time to act now. Bring back Roy Keane. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's at the stage though now though. I mean, we look at that question there and bring back Phillips. But as I say, who really wants to come here? And I don't see anyone. If I'm going to play like devil's advocate as well with that, if if the, the, the point that I'm... Um, uh, the point that that person's trying to make, I believe, is that um, with Darren Ferguson, Everton have got someone who's in his galvanising the fans with mm. like raw passion and energy. Yes, but like I don't think Phillips is that kind of person. Like if you if you ever listen to like how he talks and like carries himself, yeah, he's, he's not. He's he's quite like reserved and calculated, mm. a bit like Ross. Mm. And I, I I mean, while obviously like the 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 name and the figure alone, just like the sheer reputation, would galvanise the fans to an extent. He's not gonna like be like roaring them on and rallying them. He would mm-hmm. sort of like he would do his job in a more like reserved way. So I think if that's what you want, and then you don't want Phillips for that. You'd want somebody else. You'd want like and and says you'd probably want someone like Roy Keane. Yeah. But that, that mm. again, that's Keane, no, of course not. Um, and then we have one from AJ Wallace or CT seventy nine. Could yesterday be a pivotal slash historical day for a club long in the memory for us fans? Has it been any worse for generations? It was grim yesterday, and I can't see it improving anytime soon. I know we've been through relegations, uh, two consecutive relegations. Um, was the championship season worse than this, or is this worse? Oh, this is worse. Oh, of course, mm-hmm. this is worse because it's just right. it's the same. You're losing low, you're disappointing, but then the teams that are beating you are even worse than teams that beat you up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and- yeah. Logically, it's a lot worse. Even in a relegation battle in the Premier League, you're still playing the top teams in the country. And yeah. I guess, oh, yeah. you know, I'd rather take that than mid-table mediocrity mm-hmm. in League One. And if we're lucky, we'll get mid-table mediocrity at this stage. Yeah, at, at least in the Premier <laughs> League. I remember, like we were saying earlier, weren't we, that um, when we got beat 4-1 at the time by Man City when Poyet was in charge. You know, at, at least we could applaud Aguero off the pitch because he had pl- he was an absolute world beater. And, you know, mm. you were getting beaten by a quality team. Yes. But, you know, now you're getting beaten by Peterborough and Wickham. Mm-hmm. And Gillingham. And Gillingham and Scunthorpe in the Checker Trade Trophy. Yes. Do you think his job is unattainable? Asks SCFC Mackham seventy three. What's that mean? Basically, is now un- maybe untenable. Just like untenable. Um, he has yes. to go. Uh, do you think he just has to like? I mean, he has to. But do you think he will? Like, I mean, I said he won't get sacked. But do you think he would walk? Um, I would no. like him to because I don't think he's very good. <laughs> I, would he? I, I just spoke my words right yeah. there. It's great though. Uh, I don't yeah. think he will, though. I think he's, I, he's not going to walk, is he? No. I mean, uh, he's given two. Was it two and a half year contract? Yes. Oh my! Wonderful. <laughs> That's I'm, great. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not one that. Like, I mean, I don't like to dwell on negativity. I, I, I really don't. But he, if he stays in charge of this club mm-hmm. for any sustainable period of time, and we are going to be a broken football club for a long, yeah. long time. So long versus South Shields could be a, pr- a football fixture that's fr- not just friendly at this stage. Yeah, about two years time. Sunderland RC will be a derby if you're not careful. At Davey, the coach says, can Phil Parkinson be trusted with a transfer pot to bring in the right players? Uh, absolutely not. Um, I can't, <laughs> why would he? Why would he be? Uh, why would you trust somebody who's incapable of uh, of managing the players that he has now? Yes, players like Aidan McGeady who are proven international footballers, and now we, we can't even get an attacking note out of them. They don't attack. They don't do. It's it's. If he's telling them to go out there and do that, then fair enough. It's all on him. Mm-hmm. But the, the the players are are just not playing for him. And if if we're to 
sort of spend sort of, sort of like five six million in in January mm-hmm. of this ten million loan that's been given to War Stewart. Uh, okay. I, I just I can't see players coming here and being. Uh, have, having any confidence instilled in them by this manager. Mm-hmm. Well, so, you talk about that 10 million loan. So basically, we can sack Phil Parkinson, but it would cost that. Yes. So we have the choice of either using that to get rid of the manager and bring in someone who can only rely on free transfers and loans, or uh, keep them and let them spend money. So that's the... Uh, I guess it's a double-edged sword, isn't it? A vicious what, what do you think what, what, what do you think's the best option there, then? Um... I, I just, I really don't think, as I say, with the way the recruitment's set up, I don't really think it makes a difference. No, I, I agree. I, I don't think there's, I think complete overhauls in need mm-hmm. of, of all the stuff there, basically. Uh, the, we've, we've got a losing mentality, which has yes. rema- remained throughout the whole club. Yeah, I think uh, one question actually we're going to go on to here, which is quite fitting at this stage. Red Jasper 73 what needs to change and how, in my opinion, just sacking the manager won't work. It goes much deeper than that. The current group of players are not working. Recruitment, not working. Tactics, not working. Leadership from top, not working. So the question I was going to ask is, uh, which players need to go? And I know it's easy to say all of them, but um, if you could pick maybe three players that need to go, who would you say? Uh, McGeady, Greg, and... I would agree with them too. <laughs> somebody else. No, I don't want to get rid of Ledbetter. I think he's probably... Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's probably a really good force in the dressing room when, Tom Flanagan when, when things are going well say I don't even mind Tom Flanagan well, I think he's dreadful I'd, I'd, <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd, say, I'd say Gregor McGeady for certain because of wages and whatnot and mm-hmm. uh, things that that locks up yes. um, sort of unlocks sort of wage budgets and things like that and, uh, get, get, get them out of the club um, they're obviously um, detrimental to the team that's for that Parkinson's trying to send out there on a Saturday now. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Will Grigg, as you say, and McGeady needs to go. Now, Will Grigg, he'll go somewhere else and he will score goals because yeah, 100%. He, he'll play the right style. And good yeah. for him, you know, great that he's getting to do what he enjoys. But it's not working here. And we continue to persist with a player which the system doesn't work. So just get rid of him. Um, if he does go and score goals elsewhere, then that's great for him. But it's nothing to do with us. And it's clearly never going to kick off here for him. Unless we bring in a former Wigan coach who knows how to play him. But other than that, yeah, may as well. well I'm so Maybe. depressed. Yeah, 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 yeah. And McGeady, again, um, he is uh, someone who clearly is not happy with Jack Ross being sacked because um, I felt he played much better. He played well under him. I think it's the best we've seen him play for Sunderland. So uh, I, don't think, I don't think he did. Nah. Personally, I think um, I think you you play well for fifteen minutes and you do yeah. nothing for the rest of the game under Ross. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, he was turning games on his head by yes. himself. But uh, that, that, that tells minutes. you how bad he's been because yeah, like, exactly. those fifteen minutes and those games where that was the best we've seen him play. Yeah. <laughs> and this season he's just done nothing. There's nothing. Oh, I mean, yeah, he scored nothing. the penalty against Burton. Whoop de do. Um, <laughs> wonderful. Uh, but other than that, no, he's terrible. Um, again, another player who probably will do well elsewhere, but we just need to focus on ourselves. And if it just doesn't, if it just have, doesn't have the chemistry, just doesn't work, then move them on. Simple as that. Really. I mean, we used to blame the egos. Remember, it was the egos yes. that was the fault, and now we've got no real big egos at the club now. Mm-hmm. And what do we blame now? Yes, uh, the, the, we can we can whinge all day about Phil Parkinson or Stuart Donald or Charlie Methvin leaving. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, did, where, where? How does it turn? How do we turn this around? How does it 
how does the club become successful again after a result like yesterday? I mean, it's it's quite fresh in the mind. We've just been beat 1-0 off Gillingham. We're 11th in the league. <sighs> we're just... We're, we're, we're destitute, aren't we? We're absolutely... Mm-hmm. We, we, I, I can't see any light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. It's like every week, it's like it's a, it's a new low. Every single week. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. we've reached a new low. And the next week, another new low. Keeps on happening. Um, and we just so happen to be getting a visit uh, from uh, Simon Grayson's Blackpool next weekend. So that's wonderful. Well, that narrative writes itself, doesn't it? Yes. Uh, he wasn't written in a good light in this Sun and documentary, he will tell you. And uh, now he can have the moment in the sun. You know, be like, oh, well, he's come back and he's got his revenge for the way he was treated by Netflix or whatever. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I, I quite like them. I thought, quite thought when, yeah. when Grayson was appointed, I thought he was um, the natural progressor to whoever it was that was in charge before. I forgot. Moyes, was it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I thought he was, uh, I thought he would have came in, um, got rid of the big eagles, mm-hmm. and still there's nothing. Yeah, I honestly, uh, we're going on a bit of a tangent, but I believe he was probably better managed than Chris Coleman. And I know that Chris Coleman had a big personality, but that was all he had. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, I think we, we all liked Chris Coleman. He was a nice bloke. Uh, but his manage, managerial acumen was uh, left a lot to be desired. There was uh, there was basically, oh, we're, we're, we're an absolute basket case, aren't we? The, mm-hmm. We've, we've yes. had every manager under the sun who's capable of doing a job who are completely incapable of doing the job. Yes. It is so baffling. Like, we, 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 we're just... Ugh. Like some Sunderland fans uh, will say, bring Neil Warnock in. You really think Neil Warnock is ever going to come to Sunderland? I would, would love Neil. Warnock. I would love to have Neil oh, Warnock, but he Neil. would need money. And I mean, even even Tony Pulis. I mean, like even he would do. Uh, he would t- be awful to watch, but he would get results out of the team. Over has progressed. But my gosh, he would uh, again. Another manager who that shows you how bad it is. He would do a better job than Parkinson. But again, he would want money to buy players, and we don't have that. So we don't have a pureless team. So no. we'd have to completely revamp mm. everything. Bring Charlie White up front is fine for him, though. Yeah, but he's going to be injured. And, oh yeah, he'll uh, be injured, and that'll be the end of that. And uh, <laughs> be back to square one. And again, another manager who will do well elsewhere struggles here. Um, Mark Triggs. Okay, so this is the important question. You see, when we get promoted with a hundred points, which route should the bus parade take? Go away. <laughs> oh my god uh, when we get 100 points the bus parade uh, will probably go straight off the Queen Alice <laughs> not off the new one no not no new... not off the new one no we'll keep that that's the most positive things the yes. area's had in a long time yes indeed um, yeah that was Mark Triggs thank apart, you for that question apart from Gala Bingo I mean everyone likes a Gala Bingo everyone loves, loves a good Gala Bingo yes yeah. uh, Mark Triggs if you uh are listening, uh, where would you have the bus uh, parade go? Yeah, let me know how what you would do. How would Triggsy get back? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, Come on, we, we've had nothing positive. Let's hear from you. I want to know something, just something good, anything. And this bus route I'm very interested in. <laughs> I, want a, I want a bus parade for our next win. Yeah, but that may as well. That's how bad it is. Let's just uh, have an open-top bus celebration for potentially beating Blackpool. Every point. Every point <sighs> we get, let's have a bus parade. Let's just do it. Blackpool oh, is just... now a better team than Sunderland. Yay. <laughs> and that's not just because you hung over. That's not nice. <laughs> um, you know, we've we can't really say much more about this uh this time as a Sunland fan. We'll just get this bit out of the way now. Uh Sunland played Blackpool next week, as we've said. Um 
What's your score predictions? And if there is any goal scorers, if you think by some miracle they've learned how to score, who would they be? It'll be one or two nil to Blackpool. Um, I don't care who scores for Blackpool; it's just going to happen. Uh, yeah. We 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 will barely get out the our own half like we did against Gillingham in the first half. Mm-hmm. And second half, we'll have a bit more of an attack, but uh, Blackpool will steal two on the counter, and we'll inevitably come back here, do this, and win about Phil Parkinson. Yeah, and then he will tell us how uh, you know if we got a point against Blackpool, that would have been an amazing point. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, yeah, everyone who's listening, I'm sorry, this is a very unprofessional podcast, but you know, it comes sorry. a time when you support Sunderland, you, there comes a time when you're like, well, what can we say, really? I mean, what is there to say anymore about this club? Because every week it's the same thing, the uh, same disappointment, and it's just like, uh, there's only so much you can talk about. <laughs> um, this is why an open-top bus parade, Alex taking pictures, is more exciting than talking about Sunderland Football Club. That, that, well, to be fair, it was amazing. Yes. Um, yeah. And... Um, but we're going to end on a high note. Uh, one thing that we have had this week that was brilliant, uh, Sunland Soup and Kitchen Food Bank fundraiser. Oh, absolutely um, incredible. Work, incredible, absolutely wonderful. Uh, we have a £16,000 target. This is uh, when I was recording, but uh, this might have uh, gone up to, we might have passed the target by now. At this stage in talking, we did have £15,881 raised, which is incredible. Um there are things like that when football is second to something as incredible as this. All all the fans, everyone's put money towards it. Thank you so much. You've all been incredible. And, well uh, done, you, everybody. Absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, we do actually, if you look on at Rook Report Pod, we do have a pinned tweet and you can find the link down there if you want to donate any more money towards this great organisation. Thank you once again for everyone who's got involved. Now, please read uh, Tom Albrighton's piece mm-hmm. on being at the uh, soup kitchen the other day as well. It's a mm-hmm. great it's it's a great piece. Uh, very emotional, but he's done some good work there and uh, filled me with pride. We SEFC fans look after each other. This is who we are. We aren't a negative fan base. We aren't uneducated northerners. We care about our people, our region, our city, and what it represents. Don't doesn't belong to anybody but us. And this is why money like this are just wonderful. It really is. So thank you once again. I know I've said that enough a lot of times, but it can't emphasize just how good it's been. If this podcast was just us repeating thank you over and over again, it would be better than what we've just been talking about before this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And as for me, in terms of the game next week, yeah, we're going to lose and we're going to get beat without scoring. So that's all I'll say. I don't know what the score is going to be. I don't really know how much of an attack inside Blackpool are, but they'll probably score enough to win. So, Simon Grayson, congratulations for your win on your return to the Stadium of Light next week. And uh, with that, this has been uh, your host for the Rook Report podcast, Johnny. Alex, thank you very much. I know you've gone, but thank you for your... uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking at a derelict chair. Well, you'll listen back, Alex, and just remember, we thanked you at the end. (laughs) And thank you, and for joining, despite the fact that you probably should just be in bed uh, at this moment. I'm probably about to die on the way home. Yeah, that'd be great. Yes, well, thank you for joining us, and we will see you next time, and hopefully, hopefully, we have a slight positive thing to talk about. Farewell. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowlin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowlin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlinBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.